Hello and welcome to this very special episode of the News Hour tonight. And joining me tonight is historian Vikram Sampath, uh, who stirred uh, several uh, hornets in the past. And this time, he's back with a new book, Waiting for Shiva, the Gyanvapi Truth. Uh, Vikram Sampath, what drove you to write this book in the first place? Let me just begin at the beginning. You've spoken to Hari Shankar Jain, you've spoken to Vishnu Shankar Jain. And uh, those conversations are something that you mentioned in the book. Did it deeply move you to study the historical context? And uh, what really did you find? Thank you, Navika. It's so wonderful to finally be, you know, meeting you in person and having this interview instead of those Zoom, uh, you know, windows. Uh, I was actually neck deep into another project. I was writing a very controversial biography of Haider Ali and Tipu Sultan, which was to come out by the middle of uh, this year. But Shiva overtook somehow. Uh, you know, it was in a literature festival uh, at Pondicherry that uh, I just happened to meet uh, Vishnu Shankar Jain. And you know what a passionate man he is about the cause uh, and casually over dinner he was explaining to me the various contours of this case showing me those maps james princeps lithographs of the ashtamandap uh, you know vishwanath mandir uh, which aurangzeb had destroyed and uh, there was along with passion i think there was a lot of pathos also in his uh, eyes and voice that unlike ayodhya which i think became a mass movement and it went into people's consciousness though kashi mathura and particularly the gyanvapi case we keep uh, hearing about it in news channels every day as the case unfolds in the courts of india and in newspapers we read about it I think people don't know the historical background and the contours of what is it that we are fighting for. Is it something that has just started now or does this case have a really long historical gestation? And so uh, that conversation really, you know, stirred something inside me that uh, it's almost a historian's burden or should I say responsibility to ensure that uh, all these documents need to be illuminated uh, into the public realm. And so I didn't limit myself only to the legalese and the legal history, but drawing from a very vast multitude of sources, which included Puranic resources, uh, Shiva Puran, Linga Puran, Brahma Vaivartha Puran, Skanda Puran, Padma Puran and all of these, Vayu Puran, and also a lot of Sanskrit Nibandhas or long format uh, compositions which spoke about Kashi Mahatmyam and the importance of Vishwanath. Persian uh, and other traveller accounts, right from Al-Baruni, Ibn Battuta, to a French traveller, Jean-Baptiste Tavernier, Peter Mundy, uh, Niccolo Manucci, the Venetian traveller, uh, and, uh, you know, Persian accounts, the chronicles of Aurangzeb, uh, Masire Alamgiri, and all of this, and the legal history of the case. Uh, the place was under contestation right from 1810, when bloody riots called in the colonial records as Lat Bhairo, riots in Varanasi. From then onwards, once Awadh passed on to the British administration, the cases have been registered in courts constantly. Uh, so it was a Herculean task for me as a historian and writer to piece together, you know, multitude, a very wide range of sources to piece together a very troubling uh, story of this history of Kashi Vishwanath temple, which we don't realize even now we go to the new, newly furbished uh, Vishwanath corridor, but we don't realize the struggle that our ancestors put at every point in history to reclaim that. Shrines fell, shrines rose, but the Hindus of Kashi never gave up. And that's a story which in itself is so inspiring, at the same time deeply traumatizing.
Let me ask you, you uh, say that Kashi never came into the public conscience as much as maybe the Ram Mandir and the Ayodhya issue came in. What is the reason? Why after independence did we not uh, revisit all of these shrines, especially uh, shrines that have been part of the Hindu civilization uh, as, we, as we know it and as we've uh, uh, read about it and the manner in which it's been chronicled? Uh, there is a political side to it and there is also a societal side to it uh, uh, that has often been uh, referred to as the society did not feel uh, uh, it was a good time to challenge uh, the, the Mughal rulers. Uh, the society did not uh, think that Aurangzeb destroyed these uh, temples on his own. He was actually uh, led on by the Hindu uh, <laughs> Rajas. Uh, so, so what did you find... Uh, in your research uh, and uh, how did you piece uh, the story uh, that you want to tell in this book? That was more troubling, Navika, actually. Uh, and I think uh, the genesis I also trace uh, in one of the chapters to what happened post-independence. Now, till independence, the place was still under contestation. In 1936, there was a Deen Mohammed versus the state uh, case. It was a non-representative suit where the Hindus were not a party. Uh, but still, you know, the place was under contestation even in British times. Uh, but after independence, and I think uh, what happened in Somnath, the flashpoint, uh, where even, you know, Gandhi was in favor of, uh, you know, Somnath being reconstructed, though through public finances than state exchequer. Uh, it was Sardar Patel's vision as well. And came Kanhayalal Munshi, uh, who was one of the harbingers of uh, the Somnath movement. All of them had to face uh, the, you know, real ire and wrath of uh, Jawaharlal Nehru, the Prime Minister, first Prime Minister of India. And I document those letters also in this book, where, uh, as we all know, he really uh, prevailed upon even the President of India, Dr. Rajendra Prashad, to not uh, participate in the inauguration of Somnath. Uh, and the, the uh, apprehension is it's uh, going to uh, spawn Hindu revivalism, and it's going to, you know, affect the image of his government and the secular credentials both within and outside India. Of course, Rajendra Prashad, uh, you know, disregarded it and went and attended and came Munshi to rights, and I quote him in the book, where what is the use of freedom if I can't recite my Bhagavad Gita in public? What have we fought for in this long colonial struggle and come for and so on? So Somnath was somehow rescued. But, uh, you, know, you know, even Gandhi, uh, when he visited Kashi in 1916, I quote his speech uh, at the Banaras Hindu University where he says this place is full of squalor and dirt and this is called the soul of Hinduism. But if this is what uh, it represents, what will someone coming from the outside think of us as a nation? So uh, we need to do something to resurrect the place was Gandhiji's vision as well. But all of that, I think, was, uh, uh, you know, step, step sided by Nehru and his, in his uh, misguided, uh, you know, pursuit of secularism, where I've uh, said this repeatedly that for Nehru, I think a break from the past and having at best a very tenuous relationship with it, that was what he looked for. He would perhaps have uh, asked the ASI to revive Somnath um, uh, Mandir and made it into a museum. Uh, the past as a fossilized unit rather than a living Hindu tradition, uh, which uh, somewhere deeply uh, made him feel insecure. And the ripple effect of that was, I mean, Yatha Raja Tatha Praja. So, you know, you had the, uh, the intelligentsia of the time, the historians, the scholars, the media, the popular culture, 
all towing this uh, narrative itself. And so you have historians of the time, and that was more deeply disturbing for me as a historian to discover, uh, you know, Congress-inspired leaders and historians spreading such lies and canards about Kashi Vishwanath and the reasons for its demolition. So are you saying this is deliberate? Subterfuge. <laughs> By the Congress party? Of course, it is. Uh, I would certainly say that because, uh, you know, and, and look at the uh, outcome of that, Navika. I mean, uh, all the major pilgrim centers of North India, uh, whether it was Kashi, Mathura, Gaya, Prayag, Ayodhya, of course, a separate case, uh, languished in such dirt and squalor, quite like what Gandhiji had said while he saw it. Uh, forget even the spiritual part of it. I mean, even from an angle of spiritual tourism, if the government had thought that, you know, it would bring uh, some amount of benefits not only to the city but also to the people, no connectivity, no uh, airports have now started coming in Ayodhya and other places, uh, no uh, hotels, nothing to stay, utter dirt and filth. That's how we would ha rather have these places languish. Instead, we would have all these people, why build a temple? Instead, let's build a hospital or a school and all of that. To all those people who are seeing what's happening in Ayodhya now, uh, I mean, a hospital or a school would not have brought as much prosperity. There's a deep anger uh, that you seem to express, uh, uh, you know, as, as a thread in the book. Uh, you write, in case of the Kashi Vishwanath Temple, the Advocate Commissioner Survey of 2022 showed how the Shivlinga was being defined, uh, defiled uh, durinally by people washing their dirty feet and mouths over it before their prayers. What can be more humiliating and insulting to a fellow Indian and her faith and the defiance to rubbish it all as fanciful myths and figments of imagination or disparage it by terming it as a fountain and not as a linga certainly does no good for communal amity either. Anger really in the manner in which uh, uh, you know this entire uh, issue has been left on the back burner? No, I wouldn't say anger. I think it's angst, uh, you know, and um, really annoyance that, uh, you know, in the case of Ayodhya, people kept saying, there's no evidence, where's the evidence, it's not there. In the case of Kashi, you don't need a report or a survey. You have the western walls, the Khandahar, which, is, which are remains of a temple. And that was done deliberately by Aurangzeb so that, uh, I mean, if he or his uh, subordinates wanted, they could have destroyed the entire temple and constructed a magnificent mosque in its place. But they deliberately kept the, uh, you know, uh, exteriors of the old temple, which was built by Narayan Bhatt in the 1580s with Raja Todarmal's uh, support, uh, so that daily that could be an element of insult and humiliation for the Hindus, that our most sacred Jyotirlinga site uh, is lying in this uh, manner, where, uh, you know, it's been demolished and only the shikhars have been uh, broken and in its place three gumbads have been illegally uh, constructed. Uh, so it was uh, that at those times. Now, after the case caught momentum, there were two civil suits, one in 1991, which uh, was filed on behalf of uh, Adi Vishweshwar as uh, the uh, you know owner of the spot, and the other one in 2021 by the five women uh, who wanted to worship Shingar Gauri at the western exterior of the um, mosque. And then that led to so many uh, twists and turns. We had the Advocate Commissioner survey, which showed certain things, the, uh, the uh, structure which most of us believe it is a shivling, uh, which uh, again the ASI survey with 800 
pages of you know detailed information for everyone who's gone through the ASI report uh, using the latest technology, ground penetrating radar, uh, differential uh, global positioning system, X-ray fluorescence spectrometer, handheld X-ray fluorescence spectrometer. All these are modern technologies which were used to, uh, you know, see what lay under the substructures, the the uh, you know broken idols of Hindu gods, the inscriptions right from the 12th to 17th centuries in various languages, Devanagari, Tamil, Telugu, Kannada, and all these languages. After all this evidence, if still people, you know, of the masjid, the supporters say, no, we will not believe this. The, uh, the ASI is also Hindutva. I mean, a GPR survey cannot be Hindutva oriented. It's a science technology, which is religion uh, agnostic and independent. So, I mean, at what, what will convince anybody? Does Aurangzeb need to come out of his tomb and then tell, proclaim himself that, yes, I did break this? Well said. And in the meantime, this book, Unearthing the Truth of Kashi's Gyanvapi, Waiting for Shiva, by Vikram Sampath, helps us retrace the facts and discover our civilization and the truth behind it. What do you think about it? Do write us back and we'll uh, convey all of those messages to Vikram Sampath. Thank you very much, Vikram, for joining me on this very special episode of uh, something which is buried in history but just so contemporary even today. The Gyan Vapi mosque or mandir, where should we leave it? We leave it at that. Thank you, Navika. Thank